Hello, welcome to Attack to Talk. Joining me as always are my two friends. I'm Lexi. I am Zach. And my name is AJ. Today's episode, we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 6, The World the Girl Saw, The Struggle for Trost Part 2. Big, big episode today. We have a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. And as always, we'll be mentioning spoilers. You have been warned. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so the episode starts, and we are seeing things from Armin's perspective. Things are blurry, but we see Connie telling Armin to wake up asking him if if he can hear him. Connie, he's shaking Armin. He tells him to snap out of it. I need you to talk to me, say something. As Connie continues to shake Armin, Armin finally wakes up from this blank, empty stare. Connie says, there you are, are you with me now? What's going on? Where's your squad? And Armin is only able to mutter the word, squad. If you guys don't remember <laughs> what happened last episode, um, basically his entire squad is dead. Yeah. Like, he's all that's left. He just watched his best friend get eaten after saving... Like, Armin was, like, literally traveling down the throat, and Aaron came in, snatched him out. Mid-uvula grabbing everything. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is that Armin didn't do anything. He was frozen in yeah. fear. Yeah. He even asked himself... Why can I move? Why am I just standing here watching all of my friends get eaten? Yeah. Like, he doesn't even say, like, comrades or, like, equals or anything. He calls them his friends. And it just... I feel like the fact that he uses friends just... It, it cuts way deeper. And his best friend literally sacrificed his life to save Armin. Yeah. Well, his best friend's a psychopath. Yeah. But he saved him. And he's still his best friend nonetheless. That is true. That you know, is they've true. been together through everything, like, throughout this whole, you know, traumatic experiences that they've been through. So, uh, thank you, Lex, for the recap. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Connie squad. helps Armin. Yeah, squad. 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 <laughs> so, Connie helps Armin to his feet, and he tells him that he, he shouldn't be alone. And then he asks, what the hell you got all over you that's so damn slimy? What happened? He's got a stink. Yeah, he's got a Dude's got a stink. Well, I'm sure, they, I'm sure they stink all the time anyways. Because according to Isayama, none of them shower. Except for, like, Levi. Yeah. Should we get <laughs> hey, into the Levi. question? Should we get into the question about <laughs> what he was asked? So, like, some kind of, like, press conference? I think, yeah. I think it's an interesting anecdote. An anecdote but it's one of those things where you kind of can't not think about when, when can you I, can watch I, can I say what the yeah go ahead. a random audience member asked him was that um he asked what color mikasa's underwear yeah is and what was his answer lex <laughs> he said well probably brown because at this time like hygiene just wasn't a basic thing wasn't and probably it? the only person whose underwear isn't brown is probably levi yeah so so everyone has stained Gucci underwear. Bro, she's a minor. I know. That. Yeah, it's such yeah. a weird. Imagine, like, that's your one question. I know. To if ask you're listening, the creator if you're of Attack on Titan. You're guy, um, nothing against you. I mean, I guess. Yeah, of course. Weird question, but I mean. Yo, to, each your, to, to each their own. I said a questionable thing in previous episodes. Yeah. So <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> I'm, just not, I'm just not an underwear dude, you know? It's, it's Mikasa, dude. It's fine. Yeah. So, again. Animated Armin characters. <laughs> probably smells uh, pretty bad because he's got this slimy, just 
saliva all over him, which Connie doesn't know what it is. That's why he's asking. And he's, Aaron blood. Yeah. Don't forget the Aaron blood. Some speckles of it. So Armin still having this empty demeanor. He suddenly recalls what had just happened. We get a rush. We get a rush of Armin's memories. And then suddenly Armin bursts into this agonizing screams that we heard last episode. Mm -hmm. He tells himself that he's worthless. He asks himself, why can't he just die? Connie is concerned. He tells Armin to pull himself together. He asks him again, where is everyone? Then Armin suddenly stops with tears in his eyes. And then Ymir, she tells Connie to let it go. He's it. The rest of them are dead. And Connie screams at Ymir. Damn it! Don't talk like that! We can't assume he's the only one. Well, then where's everyone yeah, else, Connie? So Ymir is super, like, blunt. And, like, she's so, like, monotone, too. Like, she's like, well, everyone else is dead. Yeah. That's it. We well, have Armin. <laughs> why did I just think of, like, Armin just being in, like, in Armin's head, just push me to the edge. All my friends are, are dead. dead. <laughs> well, Ymir, All around he, tells me. he tells Connie... <laughs> To take a look around you. Isn't it obvious? We can't waste any more time here with him. You've got to move on. And Connie, well, he tells her that she's not making any sense. He asks her, why would the Titans ignore him? Ymir answers with, I don't know. Maybe they thought he was already dead or something. When you get right down to it, that's the real tragedy here. Aaron and all the others bust their asses. And the one left standing is him. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Imagine Armin, he's just getting oh, he's getting worked right now. Dude, it <laughs> smelled like wimp. They don't eat wimps. I was about to say, why didn't that Titan, like right after eating Aaron, not go immediately for a frozen built like a daffodil Armin? He was full, bro. He was full. Aaron is a lot of anger to consume at once. Yeah. <laughs> Probably giving him an upset stomach right now. Wouldn't it's doubt it. Screaming in there. Because he swallowed him whole. I mean, he's well, somewhat still somewhat whole. <laughs> missing missing an limbs. arm and a yeah and leg. But leg. he he is still probably alive in that tummy tum, just slicing yeah. around. Maybe well, we will see. Um, but I mean, too, uh, to what Yamir is talking about. I mean, remember Armin? He didn't make top ten of his class. Yeah, we saw that he was in you know conditioning type training that he was last you know trailing the rest of the group you know Rhina had to help him so again Ymir says all these other people who are, they're working hard they're the ones you know top of their class or whatever you know we know that Thomas and Mina and the rest of the group they aren't but maybe they were trying to keep up with Aaron mm -hmm. you know Armin he's not the, the most link. physical because you know as Lexi said he's built like a daffodil like a but daffodil. he is very smart but I mean he didn't uh, show it in the last episode I mean, I guess, you know, when you're frozen Smart in fear. and mental fortitude aren't the same thing. He was just he frozen He was just literally in frozen in shock. You can, tell, you can tell already, like, from that same episode when he's, like, shaking, trying to fill up the gas canisters, that he's just... Like, his dude has a lot of, like, I don't know if it's PTSD, trauma, anxiety, probably all three. He's just a wimp. So, after no. Ymir saying no. all that, he's delicate. Uh, we bit. see Armin again, uh, still in tears. But we see Connie. He doesn't like what Ymir just said. Connie says, Alright, that does it, bitch. I'm gonna shut your <laughs> mouth up permanently. 
And then Krista, she stands between both Ymir and Connie, and she tells both of them to stop it right now. She says, we're all at the end of our tethers, seeing our friends being killed like animals. It's normal to be upset. And then Ymir, she goes and she gives Krista a little side hug and says, look at my Krista keeping the peace. You are so going to have to marry me when all this crap is over. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Connie's line was better. Yeah. Maybe we will see something like that you know maybe that's foreshadowed i don't know perhaps a romance will be brewing there (laughs) we will see yeah but connie tells krista that she better get a hold of that mouth and then he goes back to helping armin and by that mouth he means yumir's mouth because she talks too much did we ever just out of pure curiosity did we ever like figure out what or is it ever said what yumir or krista's sexualities are like is yumir just straight up like lesbian is she bi I mean someone could have asked the question but they would rather ask a question about underwear yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. true true there's so many other questions you could have I asked I think that I has mean. been clarified at least not to my knowledge yeah. um, I've always just been under the understanding that um, they are uh, lesbian yeah but, I don't know I ship them yeah no totally I do too I feel like personally going off vibes here that Ymir is lesbian and Krista is Confused. like bi. No. Oh, maybe, maybe bi curious. I don't think Krista necessarily knows who she really is maybe right she's now. She's pan. Oh, Whoa. way to tie that in. Here, you get a, you get one up top for that. Thank you. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> well, Connie again. He's helping Armin, and he tells Armin we need to get out of here. And he asks him if he's able to stand, and he reaches his hand out to him. But Armin, he. He jumps in shock, but he, he wakes up again. He stands up on his own, and he tells Connie, sorry for being a nuisance. Don't worry about me. I'll rendezvous, I'll rendezvous with the rear guard. And then he uses his ODM to get away. So now Connie, he's just standing there, and he's looking as Armin just runs away. He don't even know. He literally just gave Armin a flashback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Then Connie, he's given orders by another cadet, telling him that they've been given orders to advance. So, uh... So yeah, so they have to continue on, regardless of confusion that Connie is, you know, he's dealing with right now with with Armin. Armin, he's he ran away. Uh, Armin, he's been given his orders. Yeah. So I guess the mission continues. So, gotta be so confusing for you know. Connie. I know. He's, all right. She's like, what the hell? I guess I'll here? just follow orders then and figure it out later. So now we we are back looking at things from Armin's perspective, and we see just trails of blood on the streets left from titans armin he says that he was wrong he says this world hasn't become hell it's been hell i i just couldn't see it before now we're condemned all of us we have been from the beginning and then we see uh, a flashback of a younger armin and he's getting beat up by three bullies and then armin continues he says strength preys on weakness it's a very straightforward arrangement actually and my friends and he pauses to just think about his friends and as he thinks about them in this flashback we see Aaron and Mikasa they arrive to help fight off these bullies that were beating Armin up and then after helping them they go and you know extend a hand to help Armin up mm-hmm. so Armin obviously he's he's felt like the weak link mm-hmm. really all of his life feels um, like he's the one that needs like protecting yeah. but he doesn't want to be needed to be like he doesn't want to be the one that 
his friends feel like they need to protect. Yeah, he doesn't want to be the one holding them back, right? Yeah, exactly. Those are the words I'm looking for. (laughs) Armin's like the fish. You know how there's like those fish that like sit on the bottom of like sharks and like help them? I don't, but I can imagine it. (laughs) And do you know what I'm talking about, AJ? Uh, vaguely, I think I've seen something like that. Like it's like a what's what's the word? It's not coexistence. It's um codependence. Well, I wouldn't say de- I don't think it's dependent. Yeah. But whatever. Symbiotic. Symbiotic relationship. Okay. So it's like I help you, you help me. Like the whole like how sometimes like crocodiles keep their mouths open so birds can like pick at all the gunk in them. Yeah. Arm <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. a bird and air. Well, not anymore. Because <laughs> <Poor Eric. laughs> the crocodile who protects Aaron in exchange for. I was thinking, uh, exchange, yeah. as you were giving that example, uh, the thing going through my mind was uh, like a rhino and it has like birds kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of our all of our like metaphors are just like animals. Armin's, yeah. Armin's a bird. But I mean, it makes sense, <laughs> you know, because. I think it's a bird. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I definitely. Uh, I definitely get it. Uh, yeah, it's where the bird helps the rhino with whatever, you know. Yeah. And, In uh, exchange, I don't kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I'll help you out with some other stuff. So Armin, as he uh, again starts thinking about his friends, and his friends helping him, well, he, he says, my friends tried. They knew how the world worked. They wanted to be strong for me, someone who only brought them down. In their eyes, I was a victim. I needed protection. But all I wanted was to stand was to stand shoulder to shoulder with them to be strong like they were to be worth something so again as we just had mentioned you know he, he feels like he's holding them all back you know he yeah. wants to be there he wants to be a strong person who isn't the reason why they are you know mm-hmm. having to fight or picking you know his battles yeah. you know it's interesting to see where armin places like self-worth because I feel like his idea of self-worth is, like, being strong, being a protector, and, like, providing, uh, like, physically, when he basically, he can still protect and provide with, like, mentally. Like, he's still, Strategy, like... Strategy. Yeah, you know? he's still super intelligent and super mm-hmm. smart and just an overall, like, good, loyal friend, and he is definitely, uh... What's the opposite of worthless <laughs> no, he's a key part he, to yeah the group you he's know he, he is a contributor yeah. in his own way it's just unfortunate that in this situation you gotta you have can't, the nerves for it yeah you yeah you gotta freeze. have the nerves but you can't you know essentially try to want you you can't aspire to be this powerful person mm-hmm. against titans yeah of it's course as simple you know? as you can't be what you're not yeah. You gotta take your own strength and get to it. But in this, like, inner monologue, he's basically thinking of himself as, like, worthless to his friends when he is... Well, at this point, he is. So it. far from it, yeah. But again, like, as we were talking about Krista, you know, and, and again, we don't, we don't know... She, she doesn't... She hasn't, like, really found herself yet. Like, they're all still very young, and they're all trying to find really who they are yeah. and what they're able to bring to the table yeah and Armin, how they fit in this whole world yeah. and they just graduated yeah so this, this is their, is their first. first encounter with exactly. real titans and the thing is like and isn't it like still like day one like this is day one yeah, after graduating gra- yeah and it's already is. all of this yeah but out like, of the frying pan into the fire fryer <laughs> yeah. whatever he said you know armin's literally like 
for the first time, like he he's mentioned it before, how he's the weaker one. But like it's the first time he's realizing the negative repercussions it has when he can't protect um, himself, right? No, yeah, protect himself, but also he can't. What's the word? To to like help out. Wait, con- contribute. He can't yeah. contribute at all. All because instead of using his big beefed out brain, this kid <laughs> sitting here blue screening like a freaking Windows yeah. PC. Yeah. And that's the thing is I will say for him, he really kind of set himself out to fail because they were too busy boasting about <clears throat> who's going to get the most Titan kills, right? And that's not mm-hmm. really what Armin is. Yeah. You know, what he's going to contribute to the group. Like Armin's like we not a saying. frat boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he didn't understand that that's not his method. No. He was just like, mm-hmm. that's what everyone else is doing? I'm going to do that. Yeah. Instead of, which what he does in the future where he goes, y'all do that. I'm gonna play strategist back here. Yeah, yeah. And I think tell, just, I'm gonna give y'all orders. Yeah, I think it definitely all ties back to what AJ said, where it's like they don't necessarily know who they are yet. They don't know where they fit in places because mm-hmm. I think right now he's trying to be a mirror and trying to be like a circle peg to he's fit into to a square hole. Yeah. Trying they to be mini Aaron. Have trained for years on just being a soldier, so they're all just trying to be a soldier. Yeah. He hasn't been practicing what he's good at. He's been practicing what he thinks he should be good at. He craves acceptance, and he thinks that... Doesn't everybody? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he definitely wants to be accepted, especially uh, accepted amongst his friends. Yeah. So this is just the birth of his realization that he needs to figure out what he can do. Him, oh, yeah. yeah. This is setting the tone for him going forward. Or um, he's valuable. So the flashback ends. He, the flashback ends. Excuse me, and we see that Armin's ODM cable misconnects with a building, and Armin crashes into the wall of that building. He falls and he falls to the ground. And he he goes into this fetal position, and then he starts crying. So then Armin tells mm-hmm. himself, <laughs> he tells "Dude, himself, <laughs> this is so like justifiable." It's like one of those moments where I was like, "Oh man, he's already down the dumps," and then his <laughs> ODM cable misconnects. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's oh like God. when you're in a bad mood and like like your earphones or like your pants get caught into like yeah. a, a doorknob, oh. and it's like, "Dude, of all times for this I to happen." I think about long the day dude. at work or something, long day oh. of school, whatever, and all of a sudden yeah. you get your house keys out, and then you're getting ready to to, to <laughs> open the door. <laughs> open the, the front door and your keys fall or something yeah, you're just like, it's like Ugh! Ugh! No, just a minor inconvenience it's just a slap in the face getting food on the way home and the second you step out of your car like the bottom of your bag rips or something oh, and everything gosh. just falls out you're I, just sitting there looking at it imagine that. I know. that's too heartbreaking <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't mean let's to let's get back to the lonely boy who has no friends <laughs> Armin's crying in the fetal position he, he uh, says again to himself uh, this is how it all ends Aaron tried to protect me and then he stops talking because he hears something nearby he actually hears someone trying to resuscitate someone and as Armin turns we see uh, Franz and Anna the two lovebirds mm-hmm. yeah the couple we saw earlier and Anna she's trying so desperately to bring Franz back to life. Unfortunately, Franz, he's laying on his back. Uh, she's in tears and she's doing CPR. Uh, Armin asks, What are you trying to do? And then Anna begs for Armin to please help. She says that Franz quit breathing and she can't wake him up. He won't respond to the CPR. She screams out now to just as loud as she can for, for somebody to help. 
but Armin tells her it's not safe on the ground. We need to get you uh, to rooftop. She screams back at Armin, telling him that she's not going to leave him like this. And Armin then asks her that you really don't understand, do you? Armin, he starts tearing up again. He continues by saying, Anna, I'm sorry, Franzis. And then he stops, and we get a wide view of really yeah what franz looks like the full body well she's no she's just doing cpr to a torso yeah franz he's he's not making it he's got like from the waist down nothing i don't think his breathing is the issue um but it's just anna not wanting to let go um how long have they even been dating for that's a quite weird I mean, they've they've gone through the, I'm guessing, you know, they've gone through the cadet corps and all that together, Mm -hmm. so. I mean, girl. Like, I I understand when, you know, something as traumatic as, like, your loved one dying in front of you, you will desperately, like, have any kind of grasp of hope to revive them or get them back. But homie doesn't have legs. No. (laughs) He does not. Homie's missing a lot of important pieces. And you're doing CPR. So Armin, he he says, "Please stop. Please stop doing that. I can't. Can't take it. This is hell." And then the scene ends. And now we cut to frantic shouting. We see a large crowd forming in front of the one gate exit. And there appears to be something very large blocking the gate entrance. We see somebody thrown back into the crowd. Another man in the crowd asks, What the hell is wrong with you people? Can't you fully appreciate how bad the situation is? And then we see the man responsible for the holdup. We see a merchant with all of his belongings on a wagon trying to be wheeled out. And they're trying to shove it through the gate entrance. Bro, can't you just take some stuff out? You don't have to take all of it out. It's like a bit. It's like wrapped up in like this big, like compact, like square, or like a. Yeah, it's, it's cut that bitch open. Trying to fit it into like. And this merchant, he also matter. has like men surrounding him as like almost like guards, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so His the crowd, <laughs> the crowd. I mean, it's not like they can go ahead and like essentially shove him out of the way. You mm-hmm. know, he's got. They got men. numbers. What do they you do. Mean? But, um, hey, children. <laughs> the merchant, I mean... He Bite his ankles! Throw a child at him! <laughs> he, he tells the crowd that he appreciates it just fine. You want to make it out of here alive? Stop whining and help! In the crowd, they become hostile and they start shouting at the merchant. And we see one garrison soldier. He's being, like, pushed towards the merchant by the crowd. Yeah. He's being save told to us, do something. Mm-hmm. You do us. something. You do it. They you ask do him, it. Make him make him move that damn wagon. And the soldier, he's just, uh, oh, he, I'm not exactly sure how. Yeah. And then the merchant, he's just glaring down the soldier, telling him, take your best shot, little man. I'm the president of this town's merchant guild. And then the, that This town soldier, is dead, bro. <laughs> There's no town to be a merchant. I know. Well, it sounds like true. he's trying to bring the whole town with him through that gate. I man. know. Like, without this town, you are nothing. The whole town Sorry. without the people. Yeah. I know, true. Like, without this town, are you really anything? So maybe you should let the town through. Oh, yeah. He doesn't understand that because for him, it's just all just selfishness, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Greed. It's all, uh, like, physical. What am I trying to say? Materialistic. Like, materialistic. Yeah, that's the word. Thank you. <laughs> so this frightened soldier, he tries to respond, but the merchant then gets in his face and he asks him, Who do you think pays all the bills for the food you and your buddies crap out? 
Or maybe you've got some finances tucked away to fund the racket you call a job. Now shut up and push! Technically, everybody pays for their meals because taxes, you know. Yeah, isn't that just how, like, the government works? It's the people's <laughs> money, sir, not yours. <laughs> sir. So he continues saying, this cargo is worth more than you people making your whole lives. Nobody's getting out of here unless the wagon's in front of them. There's a reward in it if you help. I think my I feel like he doesn't reaction, mean that. My only reaction to that would be, oh, I can make that much in one day. Do you want to see me? want to see me try? I feel like he definitely doesn't mean, like, you'll get a reward. Here's a penny. <laughs> or someone, like... Penny for your troubles. My first initial thought, if I were in that situation, like, and he was doing that, I'd be like, I'm going to kill him. I'm gonna kill him. Imagine just somebody from the crowd being like, asking the soldier, if you kill him, I'll pay you, or something, you know? If you kill him, we'll let you have all this stuff. I know, we'll reward you even more. Take over the guild. New, new career. (laughs) She's like overthrowing the mafia or something. (laughs) I know. I am the boss now. As if enough didn't already happen today. (laughs) I am the captain, though. You're not that guy, pal. (laughs) You're not that guy. Who are you? I'm that guy, pal. Are you? I'm that guy. Are you? Absolutely. Absolutely, I'm that guy. So, uh, so now we see a young woman in the crowd, and she hugs her daughter. She's telling her uh, not to worry, sweetheart. Daddy's going to use those loud cannons to scare off the titans. So this is uh, another soldier's um, family. Mm. And we find out um, that the daughter... Well, the daughter tells her mom to, to look. So this is what we find. She points to behind her mom. The mom looks behind her. And as the crowd around her, they stop to look as well. And we hear large footsteps. Oh, you know what we that means. We <laughs> see a lone soldier walking through an empty road. And then suddenly a titan turns the building corner and is running towards the gate exit where the crowd is halted by this merchant's wagon. The titan is in a full goofy sprint. And the lone soldier is punted out of the way as we see him launched in the air. <laughs> Team Rocket blasting off again. That's a way to go out got team rocketed bro the last thing he ever did was hug a big toe <laughs> damn what killed you a toenail <laughs> i like how he just literally punted it his picture just ah i know like wilhelm scream yeah. i know Why? it's the goofy scream <laughs> <laughs> no i think he died on impact though well i would hope so i, I, I would have expected him just to just a pop splatter so the crowd they see this, and now they're even like in a more panic. We see the merchants now terrified. He's ordering his men, push it through, damn it! If we don't, that thing's gonna kill us all! And we see the crowd desperately. Now they're trying to get through the gate. Some yeah. of them are even trying to climb over the wagon. Yeah, now it's life or death. We're now, we'll help. Yeah, and the woman, she's actually yelling, like, stop, you'll trample the children! And this Titan, still sprinting, we see three soldiers trailing behind the Titan. They're trying to catch up. One of the soldiers asked, someone to tell me why this son of a bitch is ignoring us? And another soldier answered saying, it's an, it's an uh, abnormal. Stop trying to figure him out. And the third soldier says, he's too fast. There's no way we'll overtake him before he reaches the gate. So the first soldier orders to stay on him. And then we see something zoom past these soldiers. Something's way faster than the rest of you guys. We see that that object that zoomed past the soldiers is none other than Mikasa Ackerman. Ooh. As she yeah, gracefully latches onto the nape of the Titan with her ODM keyboard, she perfectly slices the nape. The crowd, they're watching, they're frozen, and they see this Titan fall right in front of them. 
and as the smoke clears, they see Mikasa. They see her standing on the back of the Titan's head. Wow. What an entrance. Dang. Talk about badass. <laughs> just but her Mikasa. composed face and so, like, nonchalant. Just emotionless. That's lifeless. true. Just so nonchalant. This is a normal day. Easy money. It's just another Tuesday. Yeah. So she looks, uh, she's looking at her blades and she noticed that they're both dull uh, because of that titan kill and then uh, we pan to the crowd and and she asked the crowd excuse me what is all of this and the merchant that damn merchant mm. yells couldn't have asked for a better timing force these useless morons to push my wagon i'll pay you handsomely and you just escaped so. death and your first reaction oh. to the person that just saved oh. you all is Oh, Do my okay, bidding. cool. So Mikasa, she is stunned. And she responds to the merchant saying, Seriously? Soldiers are dying back there, laying down their lives for you, all because this is taking too long? And the merchant says, Yeah, that's their job. You expect me to shed a tear because they got to fulfill the duties they signed, on, they signed on for? They're supposed to be willing to lay down their lives. Don't get all high and high-handed on me just because you finally got to earn your damn keep after all these years. Oh. Like, to hit. Okay, so for, like, his whole argument, like, yes, a soldier's job is to be willing to lay down your, their life, but it's not, like, their goal isn't, like, I will die today. I'm going to die because a merchant wants to try to shove a giant wagon of belongings Humans through a gate. Humans are a resource. Like, it doesn't negate the fact that, like, that is a human life mm -hmm. that is laying down. If I were Mikasa. I would have done exactly what Sasha did, but instead of going through his calf, I would have gone straight through his skull. <laughs> just with the ODM gear. Just yanked him back towards just me. Just the scorpion. Get over, Get over here! Get over here! Yeah, exactly. Literally Mortal Kombat him. So Mika says she goes from stunned to pissed off. She does a superhero landing off the top of this uh, titan's head, and she slowly walks through the crowd, staring directly at the merchant. Mikasa says, yeah, no arguing with that. You're absolutely right, sir. Guess it's what you call the greater good. Still, sometimes it's not the life or the death of a soldier that makes the biggest difference. And then the merchant, he starts like waving at some of his men to stand in front of him to protect him. And the merchant tells Mikasa, don't you even dare. Your commander and I are old friends. One word from me and you'll be court-martialed. And then the men protecting the merchant, they go after Mikasa. Which is probably the biggest mistake, the yeah. last mistake they're going to make. They clearly don't know who she is. No. And would, would, would you want to mess with somebody who just single-handedly took out? I know. Like, An abnormal titan? Yeah. Bro, she has swords. What do you have? No. You yeah. lose that fight. They don't even have integrity. <laughs> so Mikasa, as these men are rushing her, she very quickly knocks him out by hitting him in the back of the head with the butt of her blades. So, she's now standing directly in front of the merchant. She tells him, that word gonna come from beyond the grave? <laughs> and like, while making eye contact with him and everything, just like, the glare. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would crap my pants. Like, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> that is the intimidation that I like. <laughs> I like. So the merchant... Like you said, Lex, looks like he just crapped himself. Yeah. 
and Mikasa raises her blade and points it at him. And the merchant begs to wait. And then one of the merchant's men, his men, asks him, maybe we should... And before he can finish his sentence, the merchant orders him to pull a damn wagon out. <laughs> maybe we should... No, it's my idea. Don't take my idea. My idea to pull it out. But but we should move it. So, or maybe we should... No. Pull it out. That's my worst. <laughs> Pull out the wagon. That's, like That's what I was going to ask. No, I said it first. That's like when somebody's like, hey, you know what? I think we should pull this wagon out. And then there's like a pause and he goes, goes wait, you know what? I just got an idea. <laughs> we should pull the wagon out. I just got a great idea. Why did I think of this before? We should pull why. out the wagon. I don't know why. I'm a child hearing ages just be like, pull it out. <laughs> Stop, dude. Oh, Immature. my gosh. The merchant orders a man to pull uh, it out. This is, you're the reason why our episodes are listed <laughs> as explicit. Anyways, back to the death. Uh, <laughs> we see the wagon. Let me clarify. The wagon is being pulled out. The, wa- the wagon. It's the, the wagon, Zach. People. Swagon wagon. <laughs> <laughs> so people are uh they're now able to enter through the gates and that same little girl earlier that is the soldier's daughter she is standing there with her mom and she tells mikasa you're amazing and the mom tells mikasa you've saved our lives all of us are in your debt and mikasa she puts her blades away she does a salute to the mom and daughter and she has an appreciative smile on her face and then she walks away and the daughter, she looks like she now has a hero to look up to. Aww. Until later on down the line, we find out that that same girl, I believe, turns into a Jaegerist. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, great. Yeah. Does she really? I think yeah. so. If it's the same girl I'm thinking about, I remember in, uh, yeah, in, do you season, remember four, in season four, there's four? a girl who visits. Yikes. There's a girl that visits um, Mikasa in, in, in the... In the the jail cell. Yeah, and, and then it was she like, essentially, yeah, you "Do you saved remember me, me when I was a baby? Yeah, or when I was a child? Yeah, you remember that?" It goes a very quick flashback oh to that moment. My God, someone yeah. just connected the dots. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like we talked about it, I believe, uh, in the first podcast episode about how there's so many different callbacks, so many different, yeah. you know, it's foreshadowing. Such moments. a well thought out, so much detail. Yeah, uh, and this is it's just one so of those details good. that you find out later on. Season four, we're in season one right now, and season four, there's a detail. Where we go back to season one. Like, I forget wow. how many years apart season one is from season four. Like, not canonly. I mean, like, at, in terms of release date. Mm. 2013 to 2021. So that amount of years. So. Eight. Nine. Eight. Eight. <laughs> eight. But still, regardless, yeah, though. Uh, so, eight years. And mm-hmm. to be able to go ahead and just throw in that detail. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Insane. Like, even yeah. knowing that, like, not everyone's going to understand this, not everyone's going to get this, only very few, da, 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 but it's still, like, the effort, and gosh, it's so good. How yeah. did she become a freaking Jaegerist? You had such a good role model. Yeah. But on a more wholesome note, I wanted to add that I feel like moments like that is what makes, like, being a soldier, like, so worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you know, like, I am fighting for humanity, but when you, like, see humanity at a at a appreciate at an individual perspective yeah like a little girl who like it's like everyone's dream to have like a, a kid look up to you and be like that is my hero i want to be that when i grow up yeah and i like no. that 
I like that Mikasa, she was still very formal and proper, you know? Yeah. And she, she just doesn't care. I guarantee you that file, the smile was file. That smile was fake. <laughs> that file was so? snake. No. No, I thought I think, it, I think I thought it was, was real. I, think it was I thought an it was important genuine. moment for Mikasa. I think she should have killed no. that merchant. <laughs> I think so too. But he, I mean, he gets his later on. I know. <gasps> oh, he does. Zach, is this your first time? <laughs> he has uh, <laughs> my first time watching the entire series. I lied this I'm whole kidding. time. He has a loser of a, of a son. Flagle. <laughs> <laughs> Flagle. No, Flagle's cool. He, he's cool later on. <laughs> Like, oh my he has a good development arc. Like when he sits on that freaking dude's head. He <laughs> 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 speech. Anyways, we're... we're, we're we'll get to we're that. We'll get to here. that. So now uh, it starts to rain. And it starts to rain hard. Squad leader Ian says, Good work, Ackerman. I'm impressed. And Mikasa responds with, I did what I could here, sir. But thank you. I need to be a bit more careful in the future. I inadvertently dueled both of the blades. I'll do better next time. So, oh. like, critical and, like, humble, like, with yeah. herself. Like... She doesn't, I mean, I know that she thinks that, you know, she realizes how good she is, but she's not like a boasting, oh, she's not cocky a, person. Yeah. She's very humble. She's a robot, She's not bro. a Jean. She's a perfect she's soldier. She's not a Jean, exactly. She's, she's not a denim. literally the perfect soldier. Yeah, and, and Ian asks her, what on earth have you lived through to be so nonchalant? And then he sees her expression, and he quickly apologizes. I'm sorry, that, that wasn't called for. And then Mikasa, she pulls her scarf up to cover her mouth and her nose and she starts to think about that young mother and her daughter and then she starts thinking about her as a young girl with her mom and dad and she asks herself why do i have to suddenly think of you now and then we see it's pouring rain again but now we we're, we see a cabin just outside of the forest and inside this cabin now we see a young mikasa and she's sewing with her mom and young Mikasa, she shows, she shows her mom what she had sewed, and her mom says it's so beautiful, and she goes on to explain to Mikasa that they've kept that style of embroidery a special family secret for many generations. She tells Mikasa that one day when you have children of your own, you'll be able to pass the secret on to them. And Mikasa, being a, like a curious young girl, mm-hmm. asks her mom, how can I have children? And the mom passes that question on yeah. to the dad, saying, Oh, uh, honey, uh, uh, why don't you explain? And uh, Mikasa's dad... Um, a stork. He's looking at Mikasa as Mikasa's just, like, attentively looking at him. Stork. And Mikasa says, Please tell me. And the dad awkwardly, uh, Well, I'm not sure I'm really an expert on that subject, but yeah. uh, you know what? Uh, that nice Dr. Yeager is scheduled to pay us a visit. Maybe you could uh, ask him. Bro, you're not an expert. <laughs> Maybe on the giving birth part, the but... Bro, you're an Ackerman. I know. <laughs> but well, I think it's a good idea to have a doctor explain that to a child. Question. Yeah. When the mother says that that's, like, a family style of embroidery, mm-hmm. do you think she's referring to, um, the mark that she has? Like that... Ooh, that, actually, that I didn't even think about clan? that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah, something we find I out was, again I later was just on. About, I was just thinking about that. That's a good point. Um, that's the first thing I thought when she said family. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. But the thing is, that's not an Ackerman. Oh, that's true. Thing. They're not, yeah. The Ackerman, like her. An Ackerman, the Ackerman strength. clan is something else. Yeah, because that's I, true. So we find out in this same episode that um, she and her mom were very special, you know. Mm-hmm. They're special in the eyes of, of a lot of. Their Exotic. Yeah. Exotic. What, exactly what did they in the an, what did they call them in the anime? Orientals. They them orientals? Yeah. Orientals. yeah. Like, these are Orientals. They literally called them exotic. Yeah, exotic, Oriental. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, they they do have that mark. The mark. What are um, they called? Like the ones with that mark? I forgot what they're called. Ah, I forgot too. Dang Gosh. But yeah, that's know. a good point though. It I could just, maybe like the chosen. Maybe it is yeah. referencing that. But anyways, uh, so Mr. Ackerman is telling me so. Why don't you ask Doctor Yeager? And then we hear an ominous knock, and we see the front door. The dad says, speak of the devil. And we hear another ominous knock. And we get a look, and we're looking from outside again, and we see that it's still pouring rain. And then we see Dr. Yeager with, uh, with a young Aaron standing outside the front door, and they're knocking. And Aaron asks his father, her name's Mikasa? And Dr. Yeager says, yes, she's just about your age, so try to get along. There aren't that many children around here, and I'd rather you not grow up to be an outcast. Yeah. Oh, Aaron. <laughs> if yeah. only he knew. And Aaron, yeah. he just, he goes, if she's nice to me, then we won't have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Angsty little one, aren't you? <laughs> Dr. Yeager tells Aaron, Aaron, look for the bad in people, expect them to find it, and you will. Sure. And then they look back at the door. Facts. And they say, uh, Dr. Yeager says, that's odd. Are they home? And he knocks on the door again. And he says, Mr. Ackerman. It's Dr. Yeager. But now we get a look at the door from the inside and we see a lot of blood splatter on the door. Mm. Dr. Yeager opens the door and he sees yeah, something. Been making tomato soup. Food fight. Food <laughs> fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's what it was. For we sure. see something terrible and Aaron, he asks his dad, what's wrong? And now we get a look from the inside of the cabin at a window and there's blood splatter on the window. Dr. Yeager now, he's inside, and he's checking on one of the bodies for a pulse, but there's no pulse. And unfortunately, that body is the body of Mikasa's mom. Dr. Yeager asks Aaron to look around. Can you see the daughter anywhere? Perhaps she's outside. And we can only see the silhouette of Aaron's shadow standing at the open front door as he replies with, I don't think so. And Dr. Yeager continues saying, this is bad. I need to alert the military police of this while the trail is warm. He asks Aaron to wait for me at the foot of the mountain. Understood? Say that back to me, word for word. We get a close-up of Aaron's face, and Aaron, he's, he's shocked, frozen, seeing the parents' murdered bodies there on the floor. And Dr. Yeager screams out Aaron's name. And now we're back outside in the rain. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it shock. Because if it was shock, I don't think he would have done what he did. I think what I mean by shock, it's not like that shocked him. I think the shock as in like... The initial moment where he's like, I am seeing death for probably the first time in his life. For me, I think of of shock as in like, again, it's a shocked realization that there are people like like this in this world. And he goes from shock to like... Pure fucking rage. Yeah, you know, because he knows that because there's people like that, that they need to be put down tiny hitler purge them all i was gonna say uh, light yagami but <laughs> that, oh that works too i'm just so happy aaron doesn't have a death note <laughs> thanos oh my god yeah yeah name all the titans just to kill them <laughs> exactly i'm gonna name you jimmy jimmy write it down n- n- slice nape uh, uh, you're talking about uh aaron having a death note mm-hmm. <laughs> the one thing that initially went to my mind was 
just picturing Aaron going, "Hey, uh, Horseface, how do you spell your last name?" I know. <laughs> how, do you, how do you spell your last name? Hey, I'm a big fan. Can you sign this for me? <laughs> Can you autograph my book? Oh, I know. Man. Yeah, it's it's a good thing that there are, there's no crossover. <laughs> my <laughs> gosh, <laughs> too much power. Time. All right, so now we're back outside in the pouring rain, and we hear a man say, "All I'm saying is she better go for a decent price." And then we see Mikasa with her hands tied behind her back, laying on the floor. The man continues saying, uh, I didn't get blood on my hands for nothing. And there's another man sitting on a chair, staring at Mikasa. He answers to the first man, asking him to look at her face. Tell me what she's worth. And then the first man, standing over Mikasa, flips her to her back so he can look at her face. He says, sure, she's cute and all, just young. Wouldn't go for her myself. Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> and then the second man sitting in the chair just says, Well, then I guess we're lucky you're not the one we're selling to. Plenty of people, they pay a premium. She's exotic. Just like you were saying, Zach, she's exotic. Mm -hmm. What they call an oriental. You know about all that, right? And he says, Back there, there used to be. Says, back there used to be uh, different breeds of people, a bunch of them from the Far East, but they came scrambling here for safety. He says the old perverts in the capital really go for that sort of thing. This little beauty's gonna fetch a, a mint at auction. It's oh, great yeah. business. She's the last of her kind. All the rest of her people died out. They came for safety from what? I don't know. Historically, probably like war related or something. Their own government? Possibly. The crazy lady who shows up in season four? Possibly. Oh, making you're tying things together. Maybe we don't know. But that's just a theory. A An anime oh. theory. Oh. I didn't know. Thanks what you're going for with watching. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. But basically, I mean, a lot of the people in Attack on Titan are like, they all pretty much look the same feature-wise because they're like, you know. German and mostly German. Most of them are the same race. Yeah, and then Mikasa and her mom are of Jet Asian descent. They are Asian. Mm -hmm. uh, the dad is not, no. but well, it's actually uh, something that the second man he brings up because the first man then he 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 turns to the second man and says it's not like she's a pure blood or anything. Her old man was an Oriental. Then that second man he becomes agitated and he yells at the first man saying, "Good point there." The mother would have been a nice addition, right? Too bad she's in pieces. And the first man says, give me a break. What was I supposed to do? She was putting up a fight. And the second man just goes, well, you could have just knocked her unconscious. Hmm. So, yeah, like you were saying, Lex. It um, would have been a pretty good fight. <laughs> so, her, yeah, Mikasa's father isn't, he is an oriental. You look like me. Tall white blonde <laughs> So... We get a close-up of Mikasa, and then the scene, it turns to a black screen. And then we hear the ominous knocking again. Now, Mr. Ackerman, excuse me, Mikasa's father, he opens the door, saying, We were just talking about you, doctor. And then we see a dagger get penetrated into his abdomen. And we see the silhouette of three men standing outside the front door as Mr. Ackerman stumbles back and he falls. Mikasa and her mom, they stop sewing and, and look. One of the men walks into the home 
with the bloody dagger in hand and tells them, Sorry. Hope we're not interrupting. And Mikasa's mom has the look of terror on her face. She slowly reaches for scissors on the table. Another man asks them to take this nice and easy. I don't imagine anybody wants their skull split open by this guy as he raises an axe in the air. So Mikasa's mom, scissors in hand now, she rushes the guy with the axe. He grabs her wrists, preventing her from stabbing him with the scissors, and she grabs his wrists, trying to prevent him from swinging his axe. The man screams, This bitch is out of her mind! Mikasa's mom screams to her, telling her to run! Run as fast as you can! But poor little Mikasa tells her mom, Stop it, you're, you're scaring me! Pulls an arm in. <laughs> yeah. She's a little naive little girl. But also, like, uh, Mikasa's mom, like, that's very, like, courageous, like, brave, and she's a fighter, and I that's think mom. That's kind of mother. see where, uh, and, yeah, protector. That's mother bear right there. I was about to say, I think we can see where Mikasa gets it from. Yeah. So Mikasa's mom turns to her and tells her, I, I want you to be scared. Move! Get away from here! So Mikasa, she turns to look at her father, but he's dead on the floor. The man struggling with Mikasa's mom says, screw it, you're not worth this crap! And then he breaks her grip, and he swings his axe. And we see a lot of blood splatter. Mm -hmm. Definitely slice the artery off right there. Mikasa's mom, she falls to her knees. Mikasa watches, and we see this look of shock overwhelm her. And Mikasa's mom turns to her, reaches out her hand, and then she dies. One of the other men screams at the man that just killed Mikasa's mom, saying, You stupid bastard! The plan was to only kill the father! But that guy tries to justify it, saying that she was crazy. I'm supposed to let her gouge my eyes out with those shears? And as they argue, we see Mikasa still standing there, terrified, looking at the horror. One of the men say, she, he says, to bag the kid. And as we see the man that killed Mikasa's mom, he steps over her body. He starts walking towards Mikasa. He tells Mikasa, Let's not give any attitude, alright? If you're feeling feisty, this is what you get. And then he punches Mikasa, knocking her out. Aww. And the scene turns black again. So young. Do we so ever tragic. figure out who the, the buyer is? Um, I don't think so. Boo, I want revenge. <laughs> Now, Mikasa wakes up, and she's in a different location. She says, so cold. And we get a look at the two men talking from the outside of the cabin. And then, we see the front door. The front door opens, and the two men abruptly stop talking. They look at the door. And we see that Aaron's at the door. And he says, I'm sorry. And the first man tells him, don't move from that spot. And starts walking to Aaron. And he opens the door and he asks Aaron, How'd you even find this place? But Aaron, acting scared, says that he was in the woods and he got lost. He says, I saw your cabin and... And then the first man, who's at the door with Aaron, looks at the second man sitting in the chair. And that second man gives him a signal. And then the first man's demeanor completely changes. So the man talking to Aaron says, Lost in the woods kid your age shouldn't be out there 
he gets eye level with Aaron. He starts patting Aaron's head. He continues with, Big bad wolves are liable to pounce on you from out, out of nowhere. And then we see that Aaron, he has a knife that he's holding with his hands behind his back. How old is he at this point? Oh. We don't know exactly. Five, I want to say maybe he's older than that. Seven, I want to think, yeah, around like yeah. somewhere between seven to like nine range, I want to say. Yeah. But still, way too young, but... Been a psychopath. Yeah. And yeah. apparently he can track. Yeah. So. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Aaron, Aaron just built different. <laughs> Aaron just built to murder, you know. So this knife, he's holding it with his hands behind his back. And the man talking to Aaron tells, tells him, it's all right now. You'll be safe here. My buddy and I will be happy to take. And then he's interrupted as Aaron drives a knife into his chest. The man looks at Aaron, and Aaron tells him, I appreciate that, sir, but I'm not stupid, and I'm the last thing you'll ever see. Ooh, this fool's like oh eight God. years old. Been spitting those, spitting those murder lines yeah. since the age of seven. I, I bet he's practiced for this moment. Staring <laughs> himself in the mirror. So Aaron, he pulls that knife out. That man falls to the floor dead. The second man jumps out of his chair and says, what the hell do you think you're doing? And Aaron, still standing outside the front door, closes the door. And that second man yells, saying, Get back here, you little bastard! He has an axe in his hand, and he goes after Aaron. He opens the door, but Aaron is nowhere to be found. The man looks around, and then suddenly Aaron jumps out with a knife attached to the end of a broom, using it like a spear as he drives the, he drives the knife into the man. And we hear repetitive stabbing. We hear Aaron saying, You're an animal! No, you're a disease! This is what you get! And Mika says she's just still laying on the floor. But she's shocked to see this boy who's close in age killing those men. And Aaron, he continues saying, This is what you get for being what you are! Die! 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 And Aaron finally stops stabbing and he tells Mikasa, the hard part is over. You're safe now. And he sets her free. That's so... Im- like, what did he go through? So impressive, though. Like, he's smart to be like, alright, I'm gonna do this. Like, act like I'm lost. Say this. Stab him. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna have, you know, my broomstick spear to keep some distance between me and this adult man. What did he go through? Like, And these men are, like, built for, like, killing people. Yeah, I don't know what it is that he went through, if there was a specific thing, but... Yeah. Oh, man, he definitely planned this, and who knows how long he planned yeah. to do something like yeah. this, you know? The hell is Grisha teaching this kid? <laughs> I, I mean, to, like, for this instance, he did not have long the planet at all. No. No, because the Why? thing is, you gotta th- you gotta think. There probably wasn't a lot of time between the murders and then taking her to that other destination. They probably and then, were only mm-hmm. there for a short time. Yeah, because it, it sounds like they were still planning on what to do with Mikasa, mm-hmm. so they didn't have a lot of time. So Aaron, he yeah, like you said, Zach, he he got there quick. Don't know how, yeah. but he had a plan. 
plot twist, Aaron was the buyer. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. just wanted a girlfriend. Oh, man. So, uh, Aaron, he sets her free and says, You're Mikasa, right? My name is Aaron. I'm Dr. Yeager's son. I met your, fol- your folks once or twice while I was with them. And he says, We were stopping by your house today for a checkup. We saw... And then Mikasa asks Aaron, What happened to the third one? And then... As Aaron turns, now? <laughs> as Aaron turns, it was at this moment Aaron realized he <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. He turns, and there's the third man. He's right there behind Aaron. He kicks Aaron in the stomach. Mm. The third man tells Aaron, "This is all you're doing, isn't it?" And he grabs Aaron by the throat and he starts strangling him. The third man says, to "Aaron, answer me, you little bastard! You did this. I'm gonna kill you. You're gonna die." Aaron who's being strangled he looks at Mikasa he struggles to say take him out fight kill or be killed fight for your life it's the only way the third man asks Aaron who the hell do you think you are you little brat clearly I'm the man that killed your two friends (laughs) not man I'm the boy (laughs) I am the child the psycho child you got murdered by a seven year old Get wrecked! Get wrecked! <laughs> so Aaron, he's trash. struggling to breathe. He tells Mikasa, The only way to live is to fight! And Mikasa, she grabs a knife. But she is shaking as she's holding it. She says to herself, I can't. I don't think I can do this. But then, it's like time froze. Mikasa says, and all of a sudden, I remembered. I'd seen it all before, many, many times, since the day I was born. It'd been all around me, forever, but I always looked the other way. She says the world is a cruel place. All of a sudden, my body wasn't shaking. I was in total control, focused, ready. All of a sudden, I could do anything. And then she says, fight. 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 And then, like electricity rushing through her body, she breaks the knife handle she's, as she's holding onto it, and her feet break through the floor. An untapped ability was just awakened. And she charges the third man, screaming. And then we fade to black. My so gosh. The handle. Yeah. And, and she stomped the out the floorboards she without even like lifting up her legs. She it just went full shown in. She went full shown in. But when I okay, so when I first watched this uh, in middle school, I of course was like, "Is this like legitimately happening? Like, does Mikasa have like some other ability that like I don't, I'm not aware of, or is it like you know how anime likes to exaggerate things mm-hmm. by you know like like uh." It'll show something that's a metaphor for something else or, like, similar to something else. It's not actually happening, mm-hmm. but to show the dramaticism of it, like, I was like, is her, like, squeak, like, breaking a wooden hand, like, breaking a knife handle and stepping through wood, like, is hard wood floors? Happening? Like, does, is that actually happening? Like, obviously, yeah. the, like, the electricity, mm-hmm. I don't think that's legitimately happening, but... No, I, I think it, it it's... looks very similar to a certain lightning we see quite often <laughs> yeah but when i was watching this, i was like 
damn, that could have been so cool if they had like actually made her into one. Uh, a uh, uh, Titan Shifter. What is she with the Warhammer? Oh man, dude. Or if she was, yeah, the, yeah, the original Warhammer or something, or if it was like just somehow passed down between her family, she didn't know until at that moment mm -hmm. it got awakened. Yeah, that would be insane. Yeah. Oh man, Aaron would be screwed too. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd be like. He'd be like just in transformation yeah um but yeah i thought the same thing too lex i remember watching it with you for the first time uh -huh. and um i think again it was over dramatized right yeah a and but we find out later on that she does have yeah like inner strength this very powerful mm -hmm. like ability but yeah. also like with that so with the mark as previously mentioned we learn more about that in season four but she has a mark and um uh i'm i'm guessing that that is the moment when she was like okay this is my person i this is the person i need to protect and not all i'm gonna do for the rest of my life like this is my person to protect yeah because that's what that i am his guard dog now yeah because <laughs> yeah. isn't that like what the whole thing with like the people who have that mark are about the like they Ackerman like have clan, that yeah they are it's in their dna to latch on to to somebody right mm -hmm. and to protect them at yeah. all costs so like you said lex that is the moment where i think she realized that aaron is that somebody yeah. and it really much it really becomes like cemented later on in the episode and we'll talk about it mm -hmm. but yeah you know i i, I I didn't think that actually happened either as far as the whole like oh my god she didn't crush that or she didn't break the floorboard but yeah it's just to show that she is a lot stronger she's gonna be way more yeah. important than we are even aware of i think she definitely did oh yeah she did and just saying like the first time we watched it we were like oh that probably didn't actually happen probably just dramatic if she was because i don't think even caught up to season four she has the ability to control that strength mm -mm. i mean it doesn't seem she's like it aware of it i don't think i think she just but now what was the point somebody had talked about it was it levi when or or maybe it was when aaron was talking but i i, I could have sworn there was a moment where somebody's saying something and then she's almost like wait that did happen you know and she like recalls that moment where like it's like a flip of a switch something happened you know maybe it's when she's talking to um what's her face from the dynasty or whatever but i almost want to say i can't remember exactly what it is but i, I, feel like I think i remember that, she was the woman it. who comes to like find mikasa because yeah. she has the mark i feel like she, I, I think the scene was she but was like explaining you said, it it was before season four though and I remember there was a moment, but it was very hinted. And I think mm -hmm. it was just a very brief, quick conversation between Levi and her. The only thing I could think is when, um, like, we're in the whole, like, Kenny arc. And yeah, they say that his name is... about the Ackerman. Yeah, because yeah, they say, oh, he's going by Kenny Ackerman. It was it was in that arc. Yeah. yeah it was then, very quick, though. Yeah, and then Levi's like, oh, is that the name he's going by? And then that's when we realize Levi's name is... Last name is Ackerman. Yeah. And then she has, like, a... oh. They're a part of the Ackerman clan. Like that, like she has like a realization face. I mean, obviously we'll get to it when we get to the episode. Who do you think is Levi's person? 
I don't even, I don't know. Maybe Do you think he even has a person? He had a person, but fortunately he lost so much. I know. I don't think he, <laughs> I don't think he can have a person. Yeah. It's his horse. It was <laughs> it's his black horse. Irvin. So, mm. the scene returns, and then we see the third man. He's dead in the corner with a knife through his back. But we hear a military police officer describe it that the death as stabbed through the heart from behind. Another officer says, surely a couple of kids couldn't have done this. Stabbed through the death, or through the uh, the heart yeah. from the back. That is... That's through ribcage. That's insane. Yeah, what kind of... Eight... Like, even... Not, let's say, what kind of teen... What kind of child has that kind of strength? Well, I understand adrenaline, but I, I, Aaron. Yeah. Are there adrenal glands even developed yet? Uh, I don't know. Asking the wrong people. <laughs> I want to. So, I want to find out. You keep talking. I'm gonna look. You're gonna go so look it up. Now uh, we're outside that cabin, and we see Dr. Yeager, and he's holding Aaron. He's making sure that Aaron's okay. Mikasa, she's standing there with them also. I believe she's wearing Dr. Yeager's jacket. LaGrisha tells Aaron, Damn it, son! I made it clear! I wanted you to wait at the door of the mountain. Do you even... Well, I don't know if you said door. I think I wrote it wrong. Yeah, at the foot of the mountain. Yeah. Do you even understand the magnitude of what you've done here today? And Aaron responds with, Sorry, Dad, but I'm not going to feel bad for what happened. They were animals disguised as humans who needed to be put down. He tries to justify it by saying, by the time the military police got there, they'd have been long gone. You know it. We couldn't afford to wait. But Grisha tells Aaron, that's not what I'm arguing about. You threw caution in the wind and survived by pure luck. You're strong, yes, but you're too damn young to be so casual about gambling with your life. Aaron looks down. He says, I didn't know how else I was supposed to save her. So Grisha, he then says to Mikasa, Remember me? We met a few times before, when you were just a little thing. And Mikasa, she's looking down, she answers him, saying, Yes, Dr. Jaeger. Sorry, um, can you just tell me how to get home? Aww. It's cold. I'm tired. There's really nowhere else for me to go. And then Aaron starts walking towards her. He wraps his scarf around her. And she looks Aaron in the eyes. Aaron tells her, Don't worry, you can keep it. That should keep you warm. And Mikasa, she now looks down at the scarf. And she holds the scarf. And Dr. Yeager tells Mikasa, How would you feel about coming to live with us? I can't even imagine what you've been through. But I do know you need to rest. And Mikasa, looking at Aaron, and Aaron asks her, What's the problem? And then he takes a hold of her arm and he tells her, Don't think about it. Just come on. We've got to get home. And then Mikasa, she starts to tear up. She just says, Okay. Well. Oh, such a powerful scene. So we find out the backstory behind that crusty scarf Mikasa's always wearing. Yeah. They've never washed it. Mm-mm. Well, they've never watched anything. <laughs> oh my god. I believe I live in that world. <laughs> so, 
we see that it's pouring rain again. But this time, we see Mika says she's taking out another Titan. So now we're back in the, the present time. Yeah. And she says, the world's a cruel place. If you want to live, you have to fight. And then we hear the bell in the town ring, and we see the gate exit closing, symbolizing that everyone everyone was evacuated. And squad leader Ian, he tells Mikasa, that's it, we're done. Now, scale the wall. But Mikasa tells Ian that she should help the vanguard withdraw, sir, and she leaves. And then as the episode ends, we hear Mikasa say again, it's a cruel world, but I have a place in it. Aaron, as long as you're a part of my life, I can fight to the bitter end. To be continued. That is, she has. How uh, ironic. She has no idea that yeah. he is Titan fodder. Joe. Yeah. Well, I think that. Uh, Ooh. That definitely I, answered your question, Lex. She found her person. Yeah, oh she definitely Lord. found her person. Like that was the activation. This rewatching this just makes that scene from season four. Oh, hurt so much. Oh my gosh! Don't even. No, this episode was sad enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just thought about the <laughs> the meme with Armin. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the Taco Bell gong. I think of um. There was like a meme I saw, and it was saying like Aaron something Aaron murders you know the murderers wraps the scarf around mikasa and then it shows like it's the rick and morty one where mikasa goes like son of a bitch i'm in love <laughs> <laughs> i'm in love <laughs> instead of just i'm in yeah. i'm in love only imagine like the morty edited with like the scarf <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. the hair That's exactly the meme that i was yeah about. <laughs> um yeah so final thoughts guys oh uh, powerful sad my gosh also, all of it makes so much more sense now that we've seen up to season four. Yeah. I think that it's crazy how throughout the entire episode, they keep an overarching theme. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Elaborate. So, because we know Aaron, since like he came out of the womb, apparently, Aaron's been like, kill or be killed. Fight, fight, fight. Yeah. yeah. But this episode is literally dedicated to... Armin and Mikasa's story about how they realized the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because mm-hmm. it's Armin. Like, that present moment is Armin being like, holy crap, Aaron's right. It's dog-eat-dog world out here. Yeah. And then we get Mikasa's her introduction to... Of her realizing, like... Her going from a, I don't even want to touch the knife to... Mm-hmm. I will kill. Like, now I feel nothing. Yeah. The heart from the back. Yeah. Shot through the heart. You're too late. You said that first when you... Bad name. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of when you first said it. You're like, yeah, stabbed through the heart from the back. I wanted to be like, and you're too late. But, no, I think that it's crazy how that was, like, the overarching theme. I didn't realize that the first time. But I was like... So we've been calling Aaron a psychopath the entire time. but And now we get to see where yeah. Mikasa and Armin become psychopaths. He's just yeah. built for this world, and the others are just realizing that, like, you need to fight. It's kill or be killed. Emotion. It's just sad, you know, the episode ending with that line, knowing that she doesn't know that Aaron 
saved Armin has and Aaron is child. he's dead and you know she is Aaron is her life source she doesn't have anything else yeah so it's literally it sucks yeah. that's her that's the thing she protects yeah yeah any more final thoughts guys I'm tune in good. next week <laughs> yeah also thank you again uh, for all the attention and following and everything on our on our Instagram really appreciate it plug the Instagram Lex it is at attack the talk podcast, podcast yes. <laughs> on Instagram and, and TikTok. TikTok very true so again that wraps up another episode of attack the talk new episodes out every Thursday perhaps we'll have a special episode next week Again, as Lexi said, don't forget to follow us at Attack to Talk Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you all so much for the support. And to all my AOT brothers and sisters out there, goodbye. Bye. Later.